This episode was first posted March 5th, 2012. This is Movies for the Blind, episode 203, Dirty Gertie from Harlem, USA, part one of two. Howdy, folks, howdy. I think you're all swell. Hello and welcome to Movies for the Blind, where you can enjoy films without looking at a screen. I'm Valerie Hunter. Now, last time I said our new movie would be one made around the same time as the last one, A Matter of Life and Death, but in a very different place. Remember that stairway to heaven in the last film? Well, chances are the budget for just that stairway would have paid the whole budget of the next movie. (laughs) We return to the world of race films made in the U.S. between 1915 and 1950 for African Americans, starring African Americans in roles you never would have seen them in in Hollywood productions of the time. While these films were mostly financed and written by white talent, they were successful in featuring black people as more than just servants, but with all different jobs and classes, reflecting the realities of their audiences' lives and also giving them some glamour to aspire to. It also allowed for black people to take control behind the camera. One of those pioneers was Spencer Williams. To much of the world, he was known for playing Andy in the TV version of the hit radio show Amos and Andy, which faced criticism for portraying African Americans as stupid and crude. But before that, he was making films that may have had low budgets and production values, but made up for it with positive images and spiritual messages that meant a lot to their audiences. In this film, they got some glamour and some morality in a version of a Somerset mom story. From 1946, this is Dirty Gertie from Harlem, USA. Alfred N. Sack presents Dirty Gertie from Harlem, USA. Cast of characters, Gertie LaRue, Francine Everett, Diamond Joe, Don Wilson, Stella Van Johnson, Catherine Moore, Jonathan Christian, Alfred Hawkins, Ezra Cram, David Boykin, Papa Bridges, Ellie Lewis, Mama Bridges, Inez Newell, Larry, Piano Frank, Al, John Kane, Big Boy, Shelley Ross, Tight Pants, Hugh Watson, Manager, Don Gilbert, Old Hager, Spencer Williams, Specialties, July Jones and Howard Galloway, Six Harlem Beauty Six, Director of Photography, John Herman, Assistant Cameraman, Gordon Yoder, Sound Engineer, Dick Byers, Properties, J.L. Bach, Art Director, Ted Solomon. Original story and screen adaptation by True T. Thompson. Directed by Spencer Williams. Produced by Bert Goldberg. Outside the Paradise Hotel... A man supervises another man putting up a welcome sign. The supervisor takes off his hat for two women passing to approach the hotel's veranda. They and other women wave their handkerchiefs toward the boat. Then everyone heads for the dock. In the hotel lobby... A young man hurries downstairs 
and the woman puts a white jacket on him. I don't forget what Diamond Joe told you. Act like a human and keep yourself clean. The supervisor does the same with another young man. The young men leave. Come on, Pappy, get ready. We haven't got much time for the ceremony. And don't forget your speech. Soon after, a small band leads a procession of people, including a man in a white suit walking arm in arm with a beautiful woman in a wide-brimmed hat. A man carries a sign advertising Gertie LaRue and Company on their way to a platform under the banner, which says, Welcome Gertie LaRue. The man in the white suit and the beautiful woman stand on the platform as handkerchief-waving people gather, joined by more people and more signs. Taking off his hat, the man in the white suit holds out his arms to get the crowd's attention. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, neighbors, and fellow citizens, this is a grand reception for our grand lady. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is a privilege and a pleasure to introduce to you at this time the greatest star that has ever hit this island, that star of stars coming to us directly from Harlem, Miss Gertie LaRue! She waves and smiles brightly. Howdy, folks, howdy. I think you are all swell. Another man climbs onto the platform. Welcome to Rita Dad! steps down. In the hotel, a sign saying, Welcome to Rinidad is being posted. The manager opens the door for the guests. You step to the desk. Mr. LaRue, as owner and manager of the Paradise Hotel, I take this opportunity to, and on behalf of myself and my wife, to welcome you to the Paradise Hotel. Consider us your humble servants. Servants, nothing. Just pals. <laughs> Gee, Gertie, you've got a heart as big as gold. No wonder I'm crazy about you. Same old Joe, still jiving. Say, how does it feel to be king of the Diamond Palace? Now that you're here, baby, it feels great. You're my million-dollar baby. She kisses Joe's cheek. Now, honey, I'd like for you to meet the kids. Kids, meet Diamond Joe, the greatest guy this side of Harlem. Diamond Joe? This is a real pleasure. I'm Tom McCann, manager of the greatest show that ever left Harlem. Glad to know you, Mac. I'm Stella Van Johnson, but that's called me Stella. I'm Ruby. I'm Claire. And I'm Choo Choo. I'm Queenie. I'm Clara. My, my, Come on, break it up. Don't get too personal. Well, girls, I guess we'd better register and get upstairs. Let's go. Patty? I just told the folks they can have anything they want on this island. And the best rooms in the house, Father. In fact, you're looking at the greatest little actress that ever left Harlem, Miss Gertie Rue. See that she gets the service a lady like her deserves. Mr. Jones, I'm powerfully happy to be a servant to so great a lady as Miss Rue. I'm giving her the bridal bedroom. Thanks. 
Now, Mr. Roof, you'll follow me. I'll turn to you, Lou. You'd better get some rest, honey. I'll see you later at the diamond palace. Yeah. Take good care of it, Stella. Don't worry, Joe. Watchdog Stella, that's me. Bye. I'll be good. Stella escorts Gertie upstairs, and soon after, Pappy's wife and one of the bellboys lead them into a modest room. I sure hope you like this room, Mr. Room. It's the best room in the hotel. It's the bridal bedroom. But we ain't had a bride in a long time. Well, maybe it'll bring me good luck. You'll need it, huh? <laughs> they go to a balcony as Gertie fans herself. This is a nice little love says veranda. Sort of a porch balcony. You can come out here at night and look at the stars and the moon. I used to love to come out here at night and just look. Besides, it's so hot on this time of year. You need all the air you can get. Sure is hot. Say, there isn't any chance of anyone climbing that tree from the ground floor, is there? Stella joins them. What do you care? Hmm. I wish some good-looking man would climb up here and get me. <laughs> Don't worry about that girl. People don't bother you much on this island. Well, it would be just my luck for it to happen to me. They step back inside. Miss Bridges, as soon as our trunks come up, will you have the boy bring them in, please? I sure will. Mrs. Bridges crosses the room as Gertie sits on the bed. Is there anything else you ladies need? No, that'll be all. Oh, by the way, Mrs. Bridges, where did you put the rest of the company? The girls in one large room at the end of the hall. The boys are too dozed down. Are you sure I can't do anything else for you ladies? No, thank you, Bridges. That's very well. Leave. Mrs. Bridges leaves, and Gertie smokes. You know, Gertie, I sure hope you like it down here, because Joe's a regular guy, and he's going for you, too, in a big way. Oh, Joe's all right. In his way, but I just don't like his way. He's not my type. In the chorus girl's room. What do you think of this dumb queenie? Oh, I have seen worse. Mrs. Bridges enters. Excuse me, girls. I've just settled Mr. Rue and Miss Van Johnson. I thought I'd look in to see if you all were comfortable. If you need anything, let me know. The main thing now is the rest of our baggage. The boy said he would hurry up. I'll have the boy to bring him right up. The men folks are just two doughs up. I thought you all don't like to be near each other. Don't kid yourself. The farther we are away, the better we like it. That goes for me, too. I know this island isn't like Harlem. It's hot here and the mosquitoes are bad. But your girls will get used to it in a couple of weeks. Well, I guess your girls will be all right. Don't forget if you need anything to call me. Mrs. Bridges steps out. A couple of weeks don't sound so good to me. Clara slaps her neck. Mosquitoes, she said. I wish I was back in Harlem. Oh, stop your griping. This place is different. It's got romance. I like it. Ruby turns to Choo Choo. What are you moving about? I was just thinking about Al. You know, it was terrible the way Gertie treated him. He sure was a fine fellow. You said it. Queenie stands. You know, I just can't seem to figure Gertie out. She had everything she wanted. Sitting on top of the world. Money, car, a big star. Al did a, gave her everything. Treated her like a lady. No, he wasn't satisfied. Couldn't take it. That's right. One of these days she's going to get what's coming to her. And that ain't no lie. In the lobby. 
You shouldn't get so excited, Mr. Christian. Remember your heart, Mr. Christian. Well, I never was so humiliated in all of my life. The nerve of that inspector going through our baggage piece by piece and letting that show troop go right by. I certainly will take this up with the proper authorities. Yes, Mr. Christian. Bridges steps to the desk. Morning, gentlemen. I have only one room left. The show people take up everything I have. Could you sign here, please? Christian takes the pen and signs the register. Boy, you take your baggage room 22, please. Yes, sir. A bellboy accepts the room key and gets the luggage. Then leads the two men upstairs. Later in Gertie's room. What are you dressing up for? Where do you think you're going? Well, what do you think? She checks her hair in a mirror. Matt just got through telling you to watch yourself. He told you to take it easy. He told you to get plenty of rest and be ready for rehearsal at 10 in the morning. He doesn't want you parading around, and he's right, too. We just got into this town, and we can't take no chances. Ah, shut up. What do I care about Matt? He's only the manager of the show. I'm the star. I'm the big shot around here. Nobody tells me what to do. I tell them. Mighty big talk, Gertie. But it's that kind of a big eye and a little you that always gets you into trouble. Sitting, Stella takes off her stockings. All you ever think of is yourself. And the worst part of it is the whole company has to pay for your dirty weight. We'd all be living in harm right this minute. If it hadn't been, you hadn't given Al the Please, Stella, don't ever mention Al's name to me again. Stella stands. Now you listen to me, Gertie. I've been with you a long time. I saw you go from the course to the top. And if it hadn't have been for Al, you wouldn't have gotten there. Al was one of the greatest guys that ever lived. Gertie steps away and wipes her hands with a towel. You didn't treat him right. You run him around like a dog. You weren't satisfied to be Miss Gertie LaRue, the toast of Harlem, and treated like a queen. No, you had to two times. You weren't satisfied to throw him over. You had to wreck him. But listen, Gertie, don't do anything down here, because Joe won't take it. Stella steps away, and Gertie follows her. Yeah. I ain't saying you're right, and I ain't saying you're wrong. I guess I've got it coming to me. Al was a great guy. Only stop preaching to me. Do you think I like being in the pothole? Don't you think I want to get back to Harlem? I know I had to leave. She picks up a purse. But don't worry. I ain't going to do nothing. We'll stay here until this thing blows over. And 7th Avenue and 135th Street, here we come. I'll do just as you say. I think I'll take a little walk and look the island over. Don't worry, honey. I'm through with all men. She leaves. In the lobby. Well, you gave us the worst rooms in the house. It's not right, I tell you. You gave that show troop the best rooms and we had to take what's left. Why, I just don't see how I'm going to stand it. And we expect to stay here quite some time. Well, if we don't teach these people what sin is, we've got to be in more comfortable surroundings. Oh, but gentlemen, I gave you the best we have at the present. Mr. Rue's a lady. And naturally, we favor her with the best. A lady? The one that God doesn't strike you dead. She's a painted trollop. You should have seen her on the boat carrying on with all of those men. She's a Jezebel, I tell you. Yes, Mr. Christian. You're right, Mr. Christian. Christian's partner taps him when Gertie comes down the stairs. With a haughty nod at Christian, she walks off. Outside. Well, that's yours, boys. And don't forget, she opens tomorrow night at the Diamond Palace. 
Don't miss the show. Brother, we'll be there, and how. She sure is class. A Marine and a sailor look at Gertie's photo. Boy, what wouldn't I give to meet a dame like that? Gertie steps out onto the veranda. Well, brother, there she is. She smiles at them with a hand on her hip, then approaches them. Hi, big boy. How are you, tight pants? Stepping down, she walks past them and they watch. My, my, my. Man, the stuff is here. At the club. Thanks, Joe, for showing me around this diamond palace. It's a great place. A wonderful setting for our show. I wish I had one like it in Holland. Glad you like it, Mac Ann. You know, I've got a big investment here. Otherwise, I'd be in Harlem myself, right in the middle of all those bright lights. You know, Gertie's coming here makes me realize what I've been missing all these years. She's a great performer. But just between us, Joe, she's hard to get and hard to hold. What do you mean, Mac Ann? If you give her half a chance, she'll give a guy the runaround. Oh, yeah? That's why they call her Dirty Gertie. <laughs> Little while, Kitty. <laughs> well, I've got to go now. I've got to put these cards out. Oh, yes. Uh, how about if you to go up inside? Sure thing. Thanks, Max. See you later. See you around. See you around. McCann walks off with the other posters. Nearby, a man plays an upright piano. Joe approaches him and sets down the posters he got from McCann. Now listen, Blue. He sets down a hammer. Pay attention to me. Miss LaRue is the greatest star that ever hit this island. Now, that's rehearsal at 10 o'clock. And I want you to play her music as it has never been played before. I tell you. Reaching into his pocket. You don't understand, but here's a picture of her. Blues accepts it. Put it up in your room. And dream about it. Would you say her name was? LaRue. Getty LaRue. Did you have another name? Oh, don't worry about that. You just play our music. Do that. Joe steps away with the hammer and the posters. Outside. Boys, I've heard so much about this place, I've just got to stop and give it a glass. Don't know where we'd go around here if it wasn't for the downtown. It's the hottest spot on this island. Well, what do you say to having a drink with the lady? Sure we will, Gertie. I'll say we will, Gertie. Come on, what are we waiting for? She steps into the palace with the marine and the sailor. Hello. They go to the bar, and Joe steps behind it. Uh, Gertie, I hadn't expected you down so soon. This is a pleasure. Thanks, Joe. I'd like for you to meet a couple of friends of mine. Big boy. The Marine. The Sailor. Glad to know you, fellas. Any friend of Bert is a friend of mine. This calls for a drink. Just have a seat over here. Thanks. Here we go. A little service. A little service. The rest of the company arrives at the palace. Choo Choo leads the other girls inside. And they go to Joe, Gertie, Big Boy, and Tight Pants at a table. Hello, kids. I'm happy to see you. I'm glad to welcome you to the Diamond Palace. Now, I'm not going to make a speech. All I'm going to say is, the drink's on the house. 
The girls hurry to the bar. Uh, pardon me, fellas. Would you please excuse Gertie? It's an important business. Sure thing, business for pleasure. Big boy stands with Gertie. Okay, big boy, I'll be missing you. Hold everything tight, fans. I'll be right back. Joe escorts Gertie away from the table, toward blues at the piano. <laughs> Miss Ruth. This is Blues in the Night. He's my professor here. If you have any music for him to play, he'll be happy to do it for you. Thanks. I'll take it up with you in the morning. Okay. Blues stares at her. Joe leads her away. But Gertie stares back at Blues. That guy sure looks like somebody I know. Oh, you might know him. He's from the state. She and Joe go into an office. And Blues thinks... I saw her before. It looks like her. I know her. In the office, Joe pulls out a chair. Ready? Sit down. Smiling, she steps around his desk and sits. As she picks up a fan, Joe pulls another chair closer and sits. He offers a cigarette, and she accepts. He lights it for her. He gets a cigarette for himself, and she fans herself. He lights a smoke. He exhales. Getty, you know... I've been looking forward to this moment for a long time. Ever since I saw you do your strip tease in Harlem two years ago. God, for the night, She sets the fan aside. Joe, you are certainly my type of a gentleman. Oh, Gertie, I like that. And just for that, I have a little surprise for you. Taking a box from a drawer, he opens it. He hands her a diamond bracelet. Oh, oh, it's simply gorgeous. Yo, you sure know how to treat a lady. Oh, that's nothing, Gertie. That's just the beginning. That's just a sample of what I'm going to do for you later on, kid. She puts it around her gloved hand. You know, I'm falling for you in a big way. She frowns, distracted. And I've just been... Thank you. He notices her expression. Eddie, you're not listening to me. Why is it losing the night? Why? Tell me more about it. Nothing to tell, Gertie. He drifted down here from Harlem a long time ago. I can't just remember how long ago. He's nothing but a bar fly. <laughs> but he sure can't play that piano. She grows more disturbed. His blues keeps playing somberly. You 
not sick, are you, Gertie? No, it, it's that song. It takes me back to a long time ago. Joe reaches for a bottle of liquor. Oh, snap out of it, Gertie. What you need is this. I drink from a private stock. He pours a shot. You'll like this, kid. Thank you, Joe. This is just what I need. I figured that that's what it was. He pours another, and they toast. Bottoms up. Down that. Attaboy. They drink. Later, as Bridges sweeps the hotel lobby, Christian's partner runs upstairs. He enters their room as Christian reads. Oh, Mrs. Christian, it's awful. It's just awful. I saw them with my own eyes. I peeked into the diamond palace, and sure enough, there she was, drinking and cussing and carrying on with that soldier and sailorman. And all others were there, too, doing just like she was. Only maybe worse. Stop it, Ezra. He stands. I can't bear to hear any more. I must think of some course of action. But I must tell you the rest, Mr. Christian. It's my duty. There's pictures all over town of this nasty woman. And all she's got on is a little, you know, a little tinge or something. Everybody's looking at her and just pointing and laughing. Stop it. I know my plan of battle clearly. I'll go to this LaRue woman, talk to her, reason with her. Then if she does not listen, I'll go to the governor and have him put her in a low-down court off this island. Send them bag and baggage back to Harlem. Yes. He nods at Ezra. That's what I'll do. Later, as the clock reads five to three, Ezra steps down to the lobby where Christian sits. Miss Christian, you better come to bed. It's awful late. It's three o'clock in the morning. No, I've made up my mind. The Lord's work must be done. I must talk to this woman alone. Go back to bed. Never mind about me. Shaking his head, Ezra goes back upstairs. As Bridges dozes in another chair. The clock passes 4.30. The chorus girls make their way through the lobby. They stagger up the stairs. Joined by the two men in the company. Bridges watches them go up with Stella. And Christian stands. Noticing Gertie not with the others, Christian crosses the lobby. He steps onto the veranda and looks around the darkness. When Gertie steps out with big boy in tight pants, Christian steps into the shadows. I'm telling you, it's terrible. Well, boys, much as I hate you, I must call it a day. I have a rehearsal at 10 in the morning. And besides, you two had better get back to the barracks or else you'll be put in the bridge. I'll take that chance any day, honey. <laughs> as long as I can be with you. That goes for me, too, Gertie. Now, ain't that pretty? Talk like that calls for a good night drink. She pulls a liquor bottle from her purse. As Christian watches, she kisses tight pants while Big Boy drinks. They keep kissing passionately. 
Finally, they part. And Gertie smiles. Tight pants, you sure bring out my better nature. <laughs> Big boy hands tight pants the bottle and kisses Gertie just as passionately as tight pants drinks. Christian keeps watching. Big boy, you sure know how to kiss. I ain't been kissed like that since Elf. Elf? Who is Elf? Never mind, big boy. He's just somebody I want to forget. We'd better be going, Gertie. You need to get some sleep. She accepts the bottle. Good night, honey. Good night, boy. Sleep tight. They walk away. Al. Al. She drinks. What's the matter with me anyway, always thinking of Al? Why don't you get out of my life and stay out? She throws the bottle and heads up the stairs. Miss LaRue, I want to talk to you. She faints into Christian's arms, and he lifts her with a hand on the side of her chest. He carries her into the lobby, where Bridges sleeps at the desk. Christian lays Gertie onto a sofa and turns her head toward him. He looks down at her, then steps away. He returns with a glass of water and bends down to her. As he gazes down at her legs, she wakes, then sits up and pulls down the hem of her dress. Drink this. He helps her drink the water. I can't drink that stuff. What's the matter with you anyway? Mr. Rue, the Lord would be shocked if he heard you talk like that. Likewise, had he heard you talking to that sailor and marine, he would have turned away in shame. He has sent me here to help you. He is asking you, through me, to give up your life of sin. Your life with men will only lead to destruction. The wages of sin is death. Give it up before it is too late, Sister Gertie. Take your hands off. They stand. You dirty psalm-singing polecat. If the truth were only known, you want me just like all the rest. She walks off. Have it your way, Miss LaRue. But you haven't heard the last from me. The Lord moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Upstairs, Stella puts a robe on over pajamas. Then sits on the bed. Gertie walks in. And stands with her back to the door. She staggers to the bed. Gertie! She turns on a lamp. I have heard you all over the hotel. I couldn't help it, Stell. It's that reformer man. When he stepped out of the showers on the porch, why, he down here scared me to death. When he put his hands on me, something went all through me. I saw red. She stands. I hate him, I tell you, I hate him. He's up to no good. She sits at the foot of the bed. I know that, honey. That's why I'm telling you to be careful. He could cause you a lot of trouble. He could even run you off of this island. And where would you go? You can't return to Harlem. Al's there. And he'll be sure to kill you. You know what, Stell? I could have sworn I saw Al tonight, standing looking at me in the moonlight. I had just taken a drink. And I could have sworn he was there. I could feel his hot breath burning my face. I could feel his long fingers clutching at my throat. I threw my last bottle of red eye at him. And then he disappeared. She goes to a chair. There was still another good drink in that bottle. 
I sure could use it now. If you'll take my advice, honey, you'll see that voodoo woman that the girls were all talking about. They say she sure can tell you just what's going to happen. But right now, you need rest. Rehearsal in the morning, a show at night. Get some sleep, honey. Can Gertie keep it together for the show? Will Christian stop the show from going on? Find out in the conclusion next time on Movies for the Blind. Before getting a chance to direct this film and others for Alfred Sack in Dallas, Texas, Spencer Williams put in his time in Hollywood, writing, acting, assistant directing, even helping with casting and becoming a sound technician. He'd even co-founded his own self-financed movie and newsreel company, built his own sound truck, and toured the South showing films with his own projector. After all that, directing might have seemed like a vacation in comparison. To find out more about the movies, about description, and how to subscribe, go to the blog, moviesfortheblind.com, where you can also find out about this podcast, Creative Commons License. The movies are from the Internet Archive, so please support universal access to human knowledge by visiting and by donating at archive.org. Thank you for downloading and for listening. Be back next week. Take care. Take care.